What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We in the building, man. One, two, three, two. What's going on, world? Your truly Darius Spells live in the building today. Think the Freedom Podcast. And I got my player partner with me today. Mr. Aaron Johnson, what's going on, brother? That's right, that's right. Aaron Johnson in the building. Everything's good, brother. How about you? Man, but everything good, bro. I can't complain, man. It's a blessing to be in the house. Yes, it is. It's a blessing to be seen and not viewed. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Come they on, got they, they gotta catch that. Talk to me. It's a pleasure to be seen and not viewed. Wow. Yes, sir. But we live in the building today, bro. We've been working on this for a minute. Come on. To now. Get you in the hot seat, man. And I'm it's a pleasure. To be in the be in the same building as you, brother. Stop it! It's a pleasure to be in the same building as you, brother. Yeah, man. Stop. So, bro, I I gotta break it down. I gotta let the people know who you are and what you do, brother. Break it down for them real quick. Oh, you want me to break it down? How far? How far we need to go back? Cause we go, we can go way back. We can go to HHS. So, we where you want to start this thing? Man, however you want to go. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell the people how I know you. Okay. I want. I just want you to tell the people who you are, what you do for those who do not know you. All right, Aaron Johnson, Aaron Johnson, fitness club, author, fitness trainer, entrepreneur. Working uh, right now. I'm working on a few projects. I got my kids' fitness program, the Skatebud Fitness Camp. It is the best fitness program in the world for kids ages seven to thirteen. I just finished. um, I've been promoting my book, Don't Be a Dumb Jock, for the last. About two years now. That's going really well. Um, getting some good feedback from it. So that's about me in a nutshell. The last two years has been Skateboard Fitness Camp. It's been Don't Be a Dumb Jock. And it's about uh, educate, education and uh, motivating and inspiring our youth um, as well as our older generation to get in shape and get their mind, body, and spirits stronger. Yeah, man. That's a, uh, that's a lot. Yeah, man. You been in the mood, brother. I've been grinding, brother. For a little minute. Yeah, man. Yeah, bro. So I, I got to tell, I got to do this early in the episode, man. So Aaron, so you the OG to me. And I'm going to tell you. And I'm, I'm the OG now. All right. I'm going I'm to tell you why. Come on. I think I might have broke it down for you a few few months ago, but I got to tell the world. So, uh, yeah. so Aaron older than me. He went to hunting before I got there. But I used to see, bro. On the football and the basketball, on the basketball, on the basketball court and the football field, bro was doing his thing. I'm like, bro, smallest on the field, but the most deadliest. Hmm. I'm for real. So, man, so it, I, I always saw you from afar because when you was a senior, I was in eighth grade getting ready to come to high school. Is it that many years? Yeah, 
grade, bro. I was a senior. You was in the eighth grade. You was a senior. I was in the eighth grade. Damn. Okay. That, that's the point. You know, when you were young, like, bro, I can't wait to go to high school. Da, da, da. So you used to go all the games. You know right. what I mean? You so go to the game. You see me out there. Yeah. Like when I was a eighth grade, and I used to go see Arnez battle. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. All right. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I'm gonna say, it's from before, so you never know. Who you touch or who watching at any given time? Cause people remember, and I remember them. I'm, I'm like, bro, that's Aaron Johnson, bro. You know what I mean? To me, it was a big, it's a big thing to me. Straight up. So then, then so fast forward a year down the line, I ran, I ran, ran across the path. Matter of fact, you had pulled up to the old red bar down on the um the second location. See, and by this time, by that time, I'm watching you. I'm watching you from afar do your thing with the, the crawfish and and your commercials and so yeah so so by the time I pull up I'm looking at you like big bro you know mm-hmm. not little bro I ain't never looked at you look like little bro but I was watching you in the moves you was making and understanding how grassroots movements and operations go so I was a fan of yours when I pulled up the Redborn I was a fan of yours yeah yeah man so. That's a quick story, man. I had to share that story to let people know. Hmm. You never know who's watching. Right on. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that, really. Real talk. Yeah, bro. So we in the building today, man. And, bro, being in the the world that we in, entrepreneurship, bro, for your particular journey, bro, what inspired you to do what you're doing right now, bro? What what inspired you to go all the way full-fledged with fitness of all things that you could have done? Yeah. What made you choose fitness? Well, so like, all right, so like, so like when you said, when you going back to my senior year, high school, you saw me balling out. You saw me really going hard because in my mind, I needed to get out of Shreveport. That was really the motivation. I was like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get out of Shreveport because I feel like Shreveport was just... I don't know. I just wanted to see. Maybe I wanted to see more of the world or whatever it was. And so, and so, part of that shine was the fact that I was in shape. I was much stronger than a lot of people. I was. I had been in the weight room, dedicating my brother. He showed me how to lift weights early. So, by the time I started lifting weights at school, I had already been lifting weights with my brother for some years, as small as I was. So, that put me not really understanding how much I was ahead of people in that regard. By the time I got to college, I was, my freshman year, I was stronger than all the wide receivers at Grammy. So it was just like, I was always good at fitness. So even though I was the smallest out there, I was in shape. I was in the best shape. And so I tore my ACL my freshman year in college. Um, I was starting, tore my ACL, and... When I tore my ACL, I had to go into a different type of training. So I tore my ACL. My knee was messed up for a year. I had to rehab. But the biggest rehab was with my mind because I really didn't have the same motivation. And so when I learned that you can be hurt in the body and in the mind, I really took that to heart. And I really was like wondering who else or what other people were going through things mentally that they wasn't really talking about. So my thing was my injury. I was injured. I was thinking about, you know, suicide and all these other things because I wasn't a star athlete. My identity was so wrapped up in being an athlete. 
And so when I realized how to strengthen the body and the mind to prevent injury and to prevent thoughts of suicide and anxiety and all these different things, I wanted to bring that gift to other athletes or other students or other people. And so that's really how I was at. And, and, and I really feel like fitness chose me or, yeah, fitness chose me. I didn't really choose it. And so it's just something that I felt passionate about all, all, all over the years. I was good at since early. And so I just stuck with it, found a way how to make a business out of it, found a way how to, um, you know, get people to pay me for it, found a way how to not work all, not work 40 hours a, a week to to make a living and have fun. And so it's just something that blossomed into entrepreneurship over all these years. Bro, that was deep. You just you just shared about having um, suicidal thoughts. A lot of people don't speak about that and speak on the importance of uh, mental health. Mm-hmm. And how did you feel at that moment, bro, when you was hurt? Crazy thoughts going in, going going through your mind. You not being able to at perform at the high level that you normally used to perform. And bro, how did you cope with that? And how did you overcome that, bro? Because I know. You had to have some type of shift in the mind to even get through that particular situation. So, how did you cope and how did you get that get through that particular moment? So, so like a few years before I got hurt, maybe like a, two years before I got hurt, I was having these dreams, um, these nightmares almost. They was nightmares, and I was in my nightmares. I was killing my family. All right, and I would wake up. I've been a kill my brother. I wake up, and I'm like terrified. I'm in high school, so I don't really know how to handle this. So my mom, she sent me to the preacher, and the preacher was like, "The devil, he after you. He after your mind." And I was like, "What?" He was like, "He after your mind." So shortly after that, I had another dream, and it was like, "The devil is after your mind." I had a dream that showed me. That told me the devil is after your mind. So I was like, so all this is always going to my mind. Like, so that's how I started. So then when I had this thought of suicide, I was like, hold up. I just I just heard that. Like I heard myself think about suicide. And I was like, hold up. And then I went back to the dream, like the devil was trying to trying to take my mind from me. So so after that, so after that thought, I was like, man, I need to watch my mind for real. Like I need to watch myself so that I don't go and do something, something negative. So, so that was a, that that seed of the devil was always trying to take my mind, made me want to protect my mind. And then, like I said, when I saw myself going to the suicide thing, it was like, oh man, this is how this could turn into something if I allow it to. So, I wanted to do that on my own. I wanted to protect my mind even more. But then I said, but then I started going into like sports and kinesiology and they showed me how to actually strengthen my mind, like how to strengthen a person's mind in order so that their performance can be better. And so that was another reason. I don't want to stop you right there, but bro, can you break that down on how to strengthen your mind for people who do not know how to do that? Yes. So, so depending, so basically... It's really only two ways to it's, it's it's a couple ways. First of all, you can do it voluntary, or you can do it involuntary. Most of us decide to strengthen our minds involuntarily. What that means is that 
you have an incident in your life, most likely it's a tragic, a tragedy. For me, it was my ACL that make you shift your mind. Or you can voluntarily choose to do some introspection, do some meditation, do some counseling, do some other things to um, to become more aware of problems that you might have within your own inner self. So, so with my injury, so with my injury, they mentioned how athletes, what I was going through was, was natural. The fact that I was a star athlete and then I injured myself and then depression and anxiety and my confidence went down with that. And so the psychology of sports or the psychology of the mind is that basically it's a couple of different things. First of all, it's the way you talk to yourself, your self-talk. Secondly, it's who you have around you and how they're speaking to you that can either help build your confidence or can tear your confidence down. And then that's another way where, where coaches and teachers come into, into play because a good teacher, a good coach can have as much influence on a person as they parents. Basically, gotcha. they helped you strengthen your mind. So, so more to ask your question. So talking to yourself, self-talk, positive self-talk, surrounding yourself around the right people, and then um, imagery, the images you see. So in order to help my help myself rehabilitate my own mind, I started replaying images and having images of me when I was doing great things or when I was being successful. So I would replay those images, and then those images would bring back more self-confidence versus having replaying the negative energy in mm. the images, replaying the injury, replaying the, 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 the play that happened, replaying the, the drop touchdown, replaying all the negative stuff that holds on over in your mind. That's going to lower your confidence and lower mm. your mental strength versus re replaying things that help to strengthen your mind. Is that answering your question? Yes, sir. Yeah. So when I started doing this for myself, I started going like, I wonder who else is going through this. Like who else mind needs to be strengthened? And so when I went into schools and started teaching schools, I started using the same techniques that I was using to strengthen my mind. I started using it with the kids in the reading. So the kids didn't want to read. They didn't have no self-confidence. And I say, say I can do it. And they be like, what? And they were like, yeah, say I can do it. Say that to yourself. And they were like, I can do it. And I was like, see, you don't have no self-confidence. So I started implementing these strategies into my classroom. Mm -hmm. And the kids that couldn't read, they could read, but they didn't believe in themselves. I started putting these strategies on them, and then they started to they started to perform better. So, so yeah, that was a, that, that's three of the techniques: talking to yourself, self talk, visualization is a is a is a real good point, and then meditation or introspection, being able to sit down and think clearly about what it is you want to accomplish. Man, hey, that's heavy. That's heavy. There's a lot of people deal, man, suicide going on. And you got to really train your mind up to be strong, bro. Like, And it's an everyday battle. It's an everyday battle. So what happens is, so the brain, the way the body and the brain works is you have an autonomic nervous system. You have a, there's a portion of your body that runs on autopilot. Mm -hmm. There's a portion of your thinking that's on autopilot. There's a portion of your behaviors that's on autopilot. 
And so if you're not really aware of this, then you basically um, you basically could have addictions or you could have behaviors that are causing you to have lower self-esteem. You don't know it, but that's what's happening. And so you have to retrain yourself. You have to retrain your body and retrain your nervous system in order to so that you can be on autopilot for success. Mm-hmm. So when you see Tom Brady, when you see Michael Jordan, when you see Kobe Bryant, when you see these athletes performing at a high level year over year, they've trained their minds to do this auto to do this on autopilot. And that's what we that's what we're working to do within um, our own communities with my book, with my kids fitness program. We we retraining the brain, we retraining the nervous system so that like like negativity can be on autopilot, positivity can be on autopilot. Man, let's let's talk about your kids fitness group, bro. Let's talk about that's that. Right. Yes, sir. Let's break it down, man, cuz I really want people to understand and know what you out here doing, bro, because it's for a good cause. And, bro, you putting a lot of effort, a lot of time into this project, bro. So can you please elaborate on your particular business? So so I got hurt. I tore my ACL, went to school, and then I started going into the schools teaching kids. And at the time, childhood obesity was real big. And so... Michelle Obama had a campaign going. It was a real, it was a national initiative to get kids to work out and do all this. And I was like, man, I can get these kids to work out. That's no, that's the e, that's easy to me. Like to get a kid or anybody to work out, it's easy. But when I go into the schools, the PE teachers, they don't really, they not really fitness trainers. And then you go into other places where kids are supposed to be trained. You go to the sport trainers. And they really don't understand how the body works. So what I did was I, I created a program from ground zero where I went into nonprofit organizations. The Boys and Girls Club was the first one in Dow, or actually in Baton Rouge, where I was able to set up a program with the skates. So I have some skate buds. And the skate buds is the motivation. All the kids want to do the skate buds. But in my mind, I was like, this is a good opportunity to teach them other things, to teach them how to connect their mind and their body, physical connection. How do you connect your mind and your body so that they are connected and function properly? So how do you think, how do you speak, and how do you move in a straight line? Mm -hmm. Most of us think one way, we speak one way, and we do something totally different. That's out of alignment. Facts. This is real talk. So I was like, let me, I'm going to teach the kids how to align themselves, how to center themselves, mind and body. And I'm going to do this through using these skateboards. So I was in Cali with my friend, me and he was out there a few years ago. I pull out some skates, some skateboards was there, and we was out working. The skateboards was, the man was out riding the skateboards. Me and my partner, we was out in L.A., and we was both like, man, we need to get some of those. So we got the skateboards, took them back to the Boys and Girls Club, the kids went crazy. We mm-hmm. did demonstrations. They went crazy. But the teacher was like, the principal was like, they dangerous. So I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But I knew what she was talking about because the kids could fall, the skates hurt themselves. So I created this program, and I got hurt. I know what it's like to go from hurt to rehab to back to the top. We trying to prevent you from getting hurt. That's the number one reason for our camp. Gotcha. We're going to prevent you from getting hurt, starting with the kids. 
Um, so I created this program, Ground Roots, showing kids how to move, how to think. Everybody say, I can do it. Everybody say, I am strong. Everybody say, I am beautiful. We're teaching them how to speak to themselves. We're teaching them how to move correctly. And we also teaching them how to be progressive, how to one day you can do 13 or one push-up, and then a couple weeks later you can do 13 push-ups, and then a couple weeks later you can do 21 push-ups. And we're teaching this and we're implanting these seeds in the, in the brains of children so that they can grow and develop into um, a growth mindset as, as they grow older and become more adults. Bet. That's a lot. I know that's a lot. No, I ain't lying. We breaking it down, bro. We, we here at the Think the Freedom Podcast. We talking about it. People got to know. People right here know. at Shreveport Gym, man. Right. You know what I mean? Because, bro, you be on the highway, bro. I done caught you in Dallas. I done caught you in Atlanta. Yeah. Up and down the highway, being a highway demon, yes, fighting sir. for your purpose or what you or what you doing right now. Yep. And that's big, bro. And I'm gonna tell you something, bro. Now, God gave me this vision, bro. Mm-hmm. So like one day, I saw the skates, and I'm just sitting there at my computer, and I see this vision. I see a vision of kids working out on skateboards, and I'm like. I never seen a vision before. I never really had a vision before. Like, you got your eyes open, you can see this wall, mm-hmm. but there's a vision in front of it that's, you know what I'm saying? I had never gotcha. seen it before. So, I felt like God was giving me a vision, and it's up to me. So, when you see me doing all this, a lot of that time is like, I don't want to let God down. Like, I don't want God to give me a vision, and then it. Sleep on it. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm not trying to drop this ball. I'm not trying to drop this ball. So I wake up every morning, and it's on autopilot now. You know what I'm saying? Like I was telling you, like now it's not people like, oh, you drive. I don't even much. I don't even calculate it no more. I just, something got to go. Something got to get done. It got to get done in the quickest way possible. If I've been calling these people for 18 months, they ain't answer the phone, guess what I'm doing now? Pulling up. I'll pull it up on you. And now you got to see me. <laughs> so this is what I mean. The, the the headquarters of the Boys and Girls Club is in Atlanta. Yeah. I've been emailing, calling for years. They ain't answered. Dallas, I've been working with all 16 clubs for years, 10 years. They ain't, they ain't referred me to the Atlanta club. So get what I'm doing. Pulling up. I pulled up in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not the dough down, and man. It was like she was like, man, we've been looking for somebody like you. Now imagine this: all the f- trainers in the world, I knock on the door, and she said, "We've been looking for somebody like you." What? I've been looking for you too. So I'm like, so all the while, God showing me stuff, bro. So I, so it don't be me. It be me. It do be me. Yes, I do traveling. I do doing all this, but. A lot of times, once I got the program, once I got the program where I wanted to go, the program been 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 the best program ten plus years. Gotcha. But being an entrepreneur and being a marketer and being a business and developing relationships, mm-hmm. you don't do that overnight. You don't do that in a, a, a one conversation. You know what I'm saying? True. True. And I had to learn this, so I'm learning. While you seeing me do this, I'm learning. I owe the I owe the IRS 130,000 in taxes. I had to learn that, you know what I mean? So, hey, that's authentic too. It was just so all this ain't really, you know, it ain't totally everything ain't been me. It's been like 
Yeah. You know what I mean? You're so. just a vessel. God just using you. You know what I mean? And we learn as we go, brother. Most of us are uh, first-generation business owners. Right. First-generation a lot. You know what I mean? We learn a lot off the muscle, off a of trial and error, which is cool. But sometimes people just got to give us a grace period. We got to learn. We don't know. Come on, you know, man. we we just out here on the on the hope and the prayer, right? With a vision, and that's what I love about us, eighty babies. We got a vision. Yeah, we gonna get it done by any means necessary. Hmm. You know what I mean? So you have the you have the fitness club. Now let's talk about your book too, bro. Don't be a dumb jock. That's a powerful name of a book, bro. Exactly. What made you even put that name on the book? Cause I know. When you first read the you read, you read the uh, the title, you be like, "Don't be a dumb job." What? Right. So, man, what what inspired you to even write the book? Then, what inspired you to make that title? And what are you trying to? What message are you putting into this book so other individuals can take heed to what you're saying? So, like going back to like I was telling you, man, um, about my dream and about um, how I feel like the devil was trying to take my mind. The whole point of the book is to help to engage the mind of the reader. Mm. Now, like I said, so what happened was I've been in training. I've been training for 10 plus years. The Colin Kaepernick situation happened with the NFL. I've been building my business for 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. So I really stopped looking at the NFL. I don't look at TV too much, really. I'm online and all that, but I I ain't really sat down and looked at a game. You ain't locked in like that at all for years. You know what I'm saying? And so when I saw what he was doing, I was just I saw what he was doing, but like most things, I was just like, oh, he gonna they gonna talk him out of it. Gotcha. So when he kept, so then he did it the second year, and I was like, maybe I need to tune in to see what this man is trying to do. Mm -hmm. So I turn on the TV. I'm looking at the NFL, the athletes, and they're not protesting. They're not – they don't have this man back. And these are other black men. These are other black coaches. And, and so I was like – I thought it was weird. I thought it was – it was just – I was just like – I was baffled by it. So so by now I got like all my clients, like 80% of my clients are white, older, live in Dallas, North Dallas. Gotcha. Republican, whoop de whoop. One time for D town. One time for D town, and so I'm going in their houses to work them out, and they got the NFL athletes on the TV. They got Donald Trump on the talking shit, and then <laughs> I'm black man walking the athlete walking here. I'm like, oh lord, these my she want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. I'm not really paying attention, but I got to pay attention now because it's on national TV. Everybody talking about it. Gotcha. So my white client, she was 80 years old. She was like, Aaron, what you think the athlete's going to do? And I was like, I don't think they're going to do nothing. She was like, why not? I was like, because they dumb jocks. And she was like, what you mean? I was like, well... I know because of my education, this is me talking to her now, because mm -hmm. of my education and because of my experiences, I be traveling and I've been able to run into people who 
march with Martin Luther King. I've been able to meet people that knew Malcolm X. And I've been able to, you know, run into people that had these conversations for me that knew about Black Wall Street and all these things. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure the athletes don't know nothing about this. This is why I call them dumb jocks. They ain't really up on the civil rights movement and all this. Gotcha. So this is what I was. This is the conversation we had. She was like, "Aaron, well, that's why you need to say something." And I was like, "Excuse me." You know what I'm saying? She was like, "Aaron, you need to say something." And I was thinking about it. And I was like, "She made me uncomfortable." You know what I'm saying? So I'm God, like, "Gotcha, gotcha." Huh? I need to say something. And I started thinking about it, and I was like. What would I do? What would I say? And then I was like, I'm not talking to the professional athletes because I know they're not going to listen. They're going to think I'm hating because they got money and they rich and all this. So I was like, <laughs> I'm going to talk to the high school athletes. I ain't talking to the rich the professional. I'm talking to the high school athletes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so after she, so then she, she went on to say, she was like, Aaron, you know, in some circles, a white, a black man can only entertain us or serve us. And I was like, it, that hurt my heart. Hold on, say that again, bro. She said, in some circles, a black man can only entertain us or serve us. <laughs> That's deep. Man. You gotta let that breathe. <laughs> oh, well, you gotta let that breathe. Yeah, hit me to the core, cause I was just like, <sighs> really? So then I was like, "Don't be a dumb jock." I was like, "You can't be a dumb jock." Like, I'm stuck on. She said, "Yeah, man, they can can only entertain or serve. That's it. That's it. That man, you don't come sit at that table." We still got work to do. We still got work to do. So I'm like, if they think like this, and see, that's the kind of con that's the kind of relationship I got with my clients. I don't, I don't sugarcoat. I, we have these conversations when Black Lives Matter, when a black man gets shot by the police, and I got white clients. We go in there and talk about a Republican, Democrat, don't they liked it, Obama. They didn't like Obama. What we talking about? She was just saying. Me and her had always had these conversations about. Yeah. And she just kept it 100%. So I was just like, you know what? And I couldn't let it go. I couldn't let what that conversation, I couldn't let it go. So it was one of the moments like, man, you need to say something. So I just wrote the book. And I basically wrote it about all the stuff we talked about. How a superior athlete has his mind and his body in tune, in shape. He eating the right foods. He drinking the right water. He's thinking the right thoughts. He has goals set. He's moving forward and progressing. Gotcha. If you're not doing it, and you just using sport as for whatever reason, just so you can get on TV, just mm -hmm. so you can get the girls, just so you get whatever, but you don't understand that these athletes don't understand that they are the Donald Trumps of our community. They don't understand that. They think they just regular black people with millions of dollars. Oh, we got millions of dollars. We just shit. But when the white boy get a hundred million dollars, it's their duty to go and give back to the schools, to their community. They do this. It ain't no, it ain't no wishy washy wish. It ain't. It's understood that 
I have the resource to help my community. This is what we're going to do. And when you put 10 or 15 of these $100 million in the room, that's a lot of money. Community. Lots of money. A lot of give back. A lot of give back. And we ain't, tell, we ain't telling you to give back your whole life. We just saying this is automatic when people get money. When people rise to a level of success. They give back. There's no debate about this. Gotcha. So that's one of the, the, the principles in the book. And um, yeah, man. So, bro. So people who want to get the book or want to tap in. Before we even get to that part. Five years from now, bro, I ask everybody who come through the podcast, mm-hmm. where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? So when we go back to this episode, mm-hmm. we be like, man, Aaron Show said that. And look at him now. Mm-hmm. So what, how, do you, how do you see yourself three to five years from now, bro? Good question. Thank you for asking, man. And a lot of times I don't really like to share openly my visions because a lot of times it be too... It just be too much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can so, see that. You know what I mean? Like, like, which is not a good thing. You're supposed to have people around you where you can share your vision and they're yeah. supposed to be supportive. And so this is something that I'm working on myself. But in the next five years, um, we will have a major sponsorship from whoever. One of the big distributors, retailers, um, fitness distributors, um, and like I said, like we was talking earlier, man, going from ground, doing the grassroots to ground, ground, ground zero, I, I last couple of years I'd have had a couple of deals on the table for investors, so I'll have that as well. Um, I've just not, I've just not, um, I've just not signed the deals. I just, I had a couple of deals on the table with investors and they like what I'm doing, but I wasn't ready. So in the next couple of years, I'm really ready now. I probably had this conversation again with I have an investor within the next twelve months. Gotcha. Um, just based on the conversation I had last month, and so that'll happen. And Escape is gonna be a worldwide brand in five years. That's big. Yep. Cause I've learned, bro. We gotta speak it into existence. Exactly. Like we gotta speak it. Just like, bro, like you just you just hit on the head before we jumped on this podcast. I had a whole conversation, and you was just sitting right here the whole time. You know what I mean? And you know, we share each other. You know, we share like different goals and dreams that we trying. We working. We I'm gonna take trying out the vocabulary. What we working towards, make it happen because we gonna see it through. You know what I mean, bro? And before we get out of here, break it down the importance of. Uh, a young brother or sister who listen to this podcast right now, they could be from Shreveport or a city like Shreveport, and they trying to find their way out. Can you give some gems or some some nuggets on what a young brother or young sister need to succeed right now in life? Mm-hmm. Not the sugar coat. Oh, baby, just go to school and get your edge. Nah. Mm-hmm. What they really need right now. Because you travel, bro, so you you see what's going on out here, out in, on the outside world. So, what are some things that these young brothers and sisters need to be to be successful and succeed in life? 
first of all, we need a reading mentality. And education is optional. Not education is optional, but reading. A reading mentality will allow you to become more educated. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to do all that. But if you don't read, if you don't have a reading mentality, then people are going to put contracts in front of you. They're going to put legislation in front of you. They're going to put um, bills and and all kinds of legal language. and They're going to put all kinds of reading in front of you. So we got to learn how to read. And we got to learn how to adapt the reading mentality. And, and then another thing, we got to learn how to collaborate and encourage each other. And so part of, part of, part of um, I think part of the reason why me and you have been able to build a relationship over the last years is because you're on that entrepreneurship journey. I'm on that entrepreneurship journey. But, you know, that's only about 1% of all black people. When you talk about reading, you talk about 14% of the third graders, black third graders, can read at a third grade reading level. 14%. So, and it don't, it gets worse the older you get. You know what I'm right. saying? So, we gotta read. We have to be de- develop a reading mentality. Our boys have to learn how to, um, they gotta reading, reading. That's what I'm gonna say. Reading, reading, and, and building relationships. Um, it's big. Yeah, other than that, man, like I said, all the all the hard work is cool, but if you work hard and you don't have relationships with people, at the end of the day, it's not going to it's not going to flower. You're not going to develop. You're not going to blossom into what you're looking for because you hadn't developed the skill of building relationships. Your network is your network. Yes, sir. And and and, and, I, and I'm saying like like people. We say that we say that in the business community, but if you're not in the non-business community, you don't really understand what that means. And that's the part we're talking about. Like when I'm talking to these kids, when I go into these schools with my book, "Don't Be a Dumb Jock," and we have to, and, and part of the book is filling out your goals. And I'm talking to 17 year olds that don't have no goals, and they about to graduate and go into the real world with no goals. They don't know how much how much a job is paid per hour. They don't know how much a what a career is. They don't know the difference between a job and a career. <laughs> you know, the girls, yeah. Yeah. they can't write a complete sentence with the proper spelling, the proper punctuation, the proper... So how are you going to write a proposal to a multinational corporation if you can't write a... if you can't read and write a proposal? How mm-hmm. are we going to partner with with Nike and Reebok and all these other major distributors if we don't have the proposal? We don't. We didn't even have the proposal to go take to... Gotcha. Up the up the ladder. You we, you just had a conversation with a, la- with a with a lawyer. What what you just told that lawyer to do? Send the paperwork. Send it to me in the email. Mm-hmm. Don't read that paperwork. It is signed in contract. Now I got to read that. Come on, man. And we talking multi million dollars. We ain't talking. We talking hundreds. We talking tens of thousands. We ain't mm-hmm. talking. So when I see the kids can't read, I know where they going. And Louisiana law is written in the law, bro. 
we talked about it today. We just had a meeting. Curtis Davis, go check out his book. He got a campaign where he's trying to get the language changed in the legislation so they just can't pull you over, take you to jail, put you in jail for something you didn't do and you don't you you have no recourse of fighting it because they can they can take ten jurors and put them in a, and vote you. And bam. And they've been doing this for decades to our brothers. So when I wrote the book, I had done had uh, I, I had been teaching in school and I was teaching the, 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 the eighth graders that was sixteen years old in East Baton Rouge Parish. They was eighth grade driving to school, but couldn't read. Man, that's tough. Where where we going with that? So, so, gotcha. We gotta read because it's that's the only way to freedom. How we gonna think if you can't read? That's a fact. You can think, but you can't read. You can't, cause, cause I'm gonna tell you something. I've I've been writing in my notebook for the last ten years. I got notebooks I write in, and I got like, right now I got about 11 notebooks over the last 11 years that I've been writing in. Bruh, when I left Shreveport, when I left Louisiana, I didn't have, I hadn't read the right words. I hadn't read the right books to have a philosophy in life. I didn't have no philosophy. I was just. Out here. (laughs) We both. Getting the girls, you know, just doing whatever, what we see, you know what I mean? When I started reading the right books, when I went to when I went to move to Dallas and I met the I met the black man who sued the city of Dallas in a landmark case because they had discriminated to segregate to desegregate the city council because there was eleven white men up there deciding for decades what's going on. He sued them. Now they got to add black people to the city council. Now they got to add Hispanics. Now they got to add women. Mm. He couldn't, he had to read to do that. Facts. You got, he had to, he told, he said, man, if I didn't read, the lawyers that I, that I hired to, to sue would have turned their back on me. <sighs> they would have turned on me. I told them, because I had read the legislation, I had to tell the lawyers what to do in order to make me win that case. That's big, and you only got that, and he only got that because he read. And when he sued, and and Dallas was one of the, this was one of the first cases where people sued the city council, and they had to desegregate the, the city council. Gotcha. So Dallas did, it and then the rest of the country did it. Gotcha. So. I read, bro. I wrote a book so that you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. we got hey. to read. That's my new campaign for the next reading, bro. Hey, y'all hear that? You got to read, man. Make sure you follow my boy Aaron John. John, tell them, give them your um your handles and everything. They can find you on social media, your website. Let the people know how they can find you, bro. So we at AaronJohnsonFitnessClub.com. That's the website. AaronJohnsonFitnessClub.com. You can find me. My handles on social media are at Don't Be a Dumb Jock, at Team Skatebuds, at Kids Fitness Guru. Yes, sir. Aaron, I appreciate you, brother, for, for stopping in and coming through to Think the Freedom Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Red Barn, Cajun Crawfish, and Seafood, where we season the meat you eat, not the shell you throw at your feet. Located, Shreveport, Louisiana, 7110. 
Pines Road, where we season the meat you eat and not the shells you throw at your feet. And I'm putting this out here now for all you investors who want to learn and want to buy a franchise. Come on. Red Barn is going to be franchised in a minute. That's right. That's I got right. y'all. So get get ready. Get your pocketbooks ready. We're going to go to glory together. We're going to go to the mountaintop right. with this seafood game. So until next time, I'll see y'all when I see you. Thank you, brother. Love and peace. Yes, sir. You did. How long that was? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.